Did you know that nearly 9 out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. I had limiting beliefs like many people have, and some of the most common, I got to be licensed X amount of years. So don't do what I did. I waited 10 years before I really went into those upper price points. Don't do that, right? So you don't have to be licensed X amount of years or be with a certain brokerage or come from money or drive that certain car or live in that gated community. For me, Tracy, I went through that a little bit myself. And so when I immersed myself into that luxury market, I realized as I was training these agents, like they didn't, they, they weren't aggressive. They didn't think outside the box. They didn't think like marketers. They thought like real estate agents. And so I realized an opportunity, but more importantly, there was a need for it. And so I too had some of those limiting beliefs, but when I was around some of those other agents saying, if they can do it, so can I. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Data and Content, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, secrets to success, and lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Hi, today I would like to welcome Michael Lafito to the Real Trending Podcast. He is a luxury property specialist and founder and CEO of Lux Group in Chicago. He's created a nationally recognized luxury designation for real estate agents called Luxury Listing Specialist, and he's also an author of several books on the luxury real estate market and has another book coming out in March. So welcome, Michael. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah. So why don't we start with sharing a little bit about your journey um, into luxury real estate and kind of what motivated you to specialize in this niche? Yeah. So uh, the journey, my journey was much like many agents journeys, right? So uh, I didn't come from wealth. I didn't have family that practiced real estate or had a real estate brokerage. And so, you know, most agents, they 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 get their license and they might work with some renters and some buyers and and their average price point if you were to look at a 20 year uh snapshot you know they start lower entry level and then average and high end and, mm -hmm. and i took that same path and then a light bulb went on and said you know what am i what am i doing here i i, I want to help everybody but most agents they don't sell high end and luxury and so for me uh, i taught other agents i i'm a teacher by by nature, I was a part-time real estate agent, full-time teacher, and was very successful in real estate. So I broke away and, and focused on real estate, got out of education, and I started speaking, training, teaching other agents on how to be more successful, how to sell more homes, more mm -hmm. listings, and more closings. And I had an agent, that, unbeknownst to me, take my course that I sold. I had a $500 course called Ultimate Listing Blueprint. and uh, this agent was in a top luxury market and ended up, they were broker owner. They brought me in and I trained her and I trained a lot of her agents on best marketing practices. And that was in a town called Hinsdale, Illinois, where there's more million dollar sales in that community year in and year out. It's between them and Winnetka in, in 
all of Illinois. And so I really put myself in that market. I joined the Chamber of Commerce and I and people were like, man, where did this guy come from? And so the light bulb went off that say, you know, now I'm licensed here. I should really focus on luxury more. And so that's what mm-hmm. we decided to do. We had car, we'll travel. And we literally went to where those upper price points now were. And then that was a little over, I guess, 12 years ago now. And mm-hmm. now we service throughout Chicagoland as an agent, but I have my consulting company that helps agents, team leaders, and broker owners catapult into those upper price points in their market. Yeah. What were some of those early challenges that you you had and how did you overcome them? Well, I had limiting beliefs like many people have. And so sometimes we tell each other these these false, these these lies basically, mm-hmm. right? Or, or make excuses up for ourselves. And so some of the most common that agents have is I got to be licensed X amount of years. So don't do what I did. I waited 10 years before I really went into those upper price points. Don't do that for those that are, are, are watching or listening. Don't do that, right? So you don't have to be licensed X amount of years or be with a certain brokerage or or come from money or drive that certain car or live in that gated community. Or the worst excuse I hear from agents is, I certainly can't compete in my market because there's already blank number of luxury Mm -hmm. agents. And so for me, Tracy, I went through that a little bit myself. And so when I immersed myself into that luxury market, I realized as I was training these agents, like they didn't, they they weren't aggressive. They didn't think outside the box. They didn't think like marketers. They thought like real estate agents. And so I realized mm-hmm. I, I made the switch with my training consulting company after I had some experience selling luxury and realized there was a, an opportunity, but more importantly, there was a need for it. And so I too had some of those limiting beliefs, but when I was around some of those other agents saying, if they can do it, so can I. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Um, I notice that a lot in real estate where people get kind of stuck um, because they feel like, oh, I can't compete, or somebody's already doing it, or or that. Um, so, so yeah, so that's that's really interesting. Um, there's a lot going on in the industry right now, whether it's the market or um, you know industry challenges. So, what are some trends that you predict will shape the luxury market um, in the coming year? Yeah, I was just on a on a Zoom and uh, we were talking about uh, the ten million dollar plus market, right? So Dubai mm-hmm. leads it globally with about three hundred fifty ten million dollar sales from September of twenty two to September twenty twenty three. London second, then New York. Uh, in the states, it's it's New York, L.A., Miami, and then uh, Palm Beach and Orange County. Those are the ten million dollar plus sales. But ultimately, consumer confidence uh, affects all price points. You know, believe it or not, even interest rates do affect the ultra high net worth uh, individuals. We had a record sale last year in in a town called Oakbrook, Illinois. It's 4.75. I represented the buyer and he brought up interest rates a lot because he wanted to put down the least amount possible so that he would free up his equity to, you know, he buys investment properties. And so, again, interest rates, they're coming down a little bit. Predictions are they will continue to come down. You know, last year, there was hardly any homes on the market. In most markets in Chicagoland, there were 118% less homes that sold last year than the year before. So I do think you'll see more and more inventory coming on because there's some pent-up demand. And I think you're going to have some people that bought three years ago that 
it wasn't their dream property, but they settled. There wasn't much out there. And I think you're mm-hmm. going to see some of those people sell. And I think you're going to see some buyers that are more educated from the standpoint of, hey, home prices historically have gone up over 4% over the last mm-hmm. 42 years. And so, yeah, rates are a little bit high, but I can refinance in a year if need be. Yeah. And and um, so how can real estate professionals really prepare for, for this coming market? Um, what's the number one thing you think they should um, be doing right now? You know, they, they need to position themselves as a local expert, right? And so how do you do that? You want to provide content. You want to know what's on the market. You want to know what's coming on the market. So just yesterday, I had an agent that's not in my market say, hey, I have an upcoming $1.3 million listing. They knew I sold in this particular area. So guess what I did? I reached out to uh, past clients, neighbors, say, hey, this one's coming on. You want to be the guy that has a guy. I got a guy, not just for a contractor, a painter, an electrician, but also, hey, Mike, what do you have coming on? I have other agents reaching out to me, not just what's coming on, but I have something coming on, Mike, because we know you have the buyer. So you want to let people know that there's off-market opportunities. If you're buying a home, that you might have those those potential future listings. Or if you're a seller and you want to dip your toes, you don't want to full-fledged put it on the market, you want to be the agent they call because they know you know people, right? So that's important. It's really important that you immerse yourself, you position yourself, you put yourself out there. We put out free content on a monthly basis. You know, you go to your mailbox, you get, you know, you get junk mail, if you will, but you also get these packets of coupons and that kind of stuff. We put together in the town I live in, I'm based in Wheaton, Illinois, home of Red Grange and the, and the Belushi Brothers. And every every month when somebody in my town goes to their mailbox, they'll get a monthly update, real estate tip for March, real estate tip for February, real estate tip for September. Each month, I'm consistent. Consistency is key. And we're putting value out there. Educational tips for buyers, for sellers, and market update. So that even if somebody doesn't want to buy or sell, they realize this guy knows his stuff. Yeah, that's consistency is so important. Um, and, and what are your, you know, let's put your teacher hat on here. What, what are your top tips for finding that hidden inventory? That's a great question. Um, so you know, consistency is key. I believe mailers are important. So people, sometimes we overcomplicate things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, keep it simple. So homeowners want to know what their house is worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> And they want to know if they're thinking about selling what they could do to on a minimal budget to get top dollar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, three tips, five mistakes. You know, I, I like putting these educational videos out there or ma- marketing pieces. So I'm educating sellers on what to do or what not to do. And so many times they'll reach out. You know, I, I believe that there's golden nuggets that are hidden in our database. Those could be people that bought your listings year, years ago, for example. Most of the time. Uh, you know, statistics show most consumers have a decent experience with their agent, mm-hmm. but yet most won't use that agent again because that agent doesn't stay in contact with them. So that you got to love on your database. You got to communicate with them, but you got to put yourself out there so that people know. And many times, one of the ways I get people to reach out to me, and it's not fake, it's legitimate, is I have a buyer. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever thought about selling, Tracy, I might have a buyer for your home. That's one 
way because now you get people calling because if they're thinking about selling, and again, we put in there, wouldn't it be nice to sell your home off market? There could be potentially less fees, less stress. You'd only have to get the home ready once to show it. Okay, so that I'm not just telling people what they want to hear from a salesmanship standpoint. I'm being authentic. That's the truth. That could be mm -hmm. one of the benefits to them. So I have a buyer is one way to get people to raise their hand. And uh, we've had a lot of, lot of success uh, with getting buyers to reach out to us. Just recently, I did an open house at a $1.95 million home this past weekend when we're filming this. And I had two buyers come through, one of which had come through an open house at a 2.25 that I had several mm -hmm. months ago. And somebody else said, oh, I saw your listing. It was listed at $2.5 million before. And I had conversations. I told them what they wanted to hear. But I was authentic. In other words, hey, Tracy, if you and your your significant other, if you're not happy with uh, the homes that are out there, we have some upcoming listings. Here's my information. Reach out if you're not working with anybody and you want to find off-market opportunities. So, I, again, I have those, too. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that's something of value. Bring something of value to these people so that they're going to want to leave their real information with you versus fake contact information. Yeah, I know. Um, we recently got a call at our house though, that or an agent called said they had a buyer for our house. Um, we're not interested in selling, but they did ask. Um, I know several friends in my neighborhood who have gotten the same phone calls. Um, and I, I don't know that any of them chose to sell right now. However, you're going to hit one at some point. Um, especially if you have a buyer, I know the one, the one family really considered it. Um, they had paid cash for their house. They didn't owe anything. They could have made a decent profit. They just had put a lot of money into renovating it and didn't, did decided ultimately they wanted to stay where they were, but, okay. but yeah, it's a great yeah, idea. So th those are all great things. And, you know, we mm -hmm. talk about that with our upcoming book, Secret to Top Luxury Agents. We're interviewing some of the top agents on what's working today, mm -hmm. whether you represent buyers primarily, sellers primarily, both what's working today. And, you know, one other thing that's working today is, is neighbors of your listings or neighbors of your open houses. Mm -hmm. So for example, we just did this open house and there's going to be disappointed buyers because they don't like the house. They don't like the floor plan. They think it's overpriced or too much, whatever, fill in the blank. And so if I were door knocking and you were the neighbor, I'd say, Hey, Tracy, Michael Lafito, I'm hosting the open house this upcoming weekend. And there's going to be disappointed buyers that come through. There's not a lot of inventory. So if you mm -hmm. or anybody you know is thinking about selling, please reach out. We might be able to bring them or you an off-market sale because there are going to be buyers that, for whatever reason, don't like this home. Yeah, absolutely. Twenty twenty four is the year to act to make bold moves, tell better stories, and build brands that endure. At the Thousand Watt Brand and Marketing Summit, we're putting real estate experts like you in a room with some of the greatest marketing minds around so you can turn your big ideas into action. Join us in Dallas, June 25th through the 27th for a real estate event designed for doers. Get your tickets at thousandwatt.net forward slash summit. That's one zero 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 watt dot net forward slash summit. Let's talk about your book. So it's Secrets of Top Luxury Agents, and it's coming out in March. So why don't you give us like a sneak preview of one of those secrets? 
Yeah, secrets of top luxury agents. Uh, before I give you one of those secrets, the thought process is how can we raise the bar for just not just the industry, but also also for the consumer. So the book we have 25 top agents from 12 plus different brokerages, different years of experience, male, female, etc., and they are sharing top secrets of what's working today tips for agents looking to break into luxury but we also have tips for consumers so there's bonus questions at the end of each chapter that are geared towards the consumer so literally somebody could leave this book with somebody selling a home buying a home and tips we are giving to the consumer as well because i want it to be beneficial to uh like i said the consumer so one of the top tips uh, that we're seeing out there is when agents don't have listings, how do they break into luxury? That's one of the questions we ask all of the mm -hmm. agents. Tell us about your first luxury sale. Did you represent the buyer, the seller? How did they find out about you and how did you find out about them? And one of the, the common answers is a strategy I teach as well, but a common answer is open houses. And so, Tracy, I had a gentleman intern for me a couple years ago, and he moved to Nashville. He just got licensed, moved to Nashville, didn't know anybody, and he did over $6 million in volume in his first year, and it was by other agents' open houses. Now, depending on which state somebody's check with your broker or your manager mm -hmm. or, you know, your state, if you can do this, but some states will allow you to host open houses outside of your brokerage. Mm -hmm. So if you're with Douglas Elman, you can do an open house at, at Remax or Sotheby's. Now in Illinois, you can't do that. You got to do it within your own brokerage, but you should reach out to other agents in your office to start. If they have a listing, you want to make it a win-win. So if we were to role play real quick, hey, Tracy, Michael Lafito from the office. I see you got this amazing property on 123 Elm Street. I'm not sure if you like host open houses or if you want to give up your weekend, but I'm newer, I'm hungry, I'm new to the office or the area. I'd love to host an open house there and I, I want to make it a win-win. And so hopefully we get you more exposure, more showings after the open house, before the open house. Hopefully I bring you the buyer from the open house and and I, I'll cheerfully give you a referral fee from anybody that comes to the open house that buys the listing. But just as important is if they buy another home with me down the road, whether it be three months, six months, a year later, Tracy, I'll give you a referral. I recommend that strategy to the listeners if you're trying to break into luxury. And after you get a couple of those successful sales, you don't have to offer up that referral fee, but do it to start with. Yeah, I think breaking into the luxury market is very difficult. Um, you know, it's it's a difficult changing your mindset into doing it. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about building those relationships with high net worth clients, because a lot of them, you're not actually building the relationship directly with them. You're building the relationship with their representative or, you know, their their attorney, their accountant, their, you know, whatever. Um, so talk to me about how, you know, some tips for breaking in based on relationship building. That's a great uh, question. So people ultimately want to do business with, with people they like and they trust, right? Mm -hmm. So people want to do business with people they like and they trust. The other thing is, I look at this as Robert De Niro, Meet the Parents, The Circle of Trust. Remember the movie from 2000 yes. with Robert De Niro? It's very difficult to penetrate the circle of trust because, again, you have to think like high net worth individuals. They've been taken advantage of. That that, mm -hmm. that guy that cuts their half acre yard charges them $80 per lawn 
per time they cut the grass and the house down the street that's on two acres, but it's an entry level home, they'll cut that two acres for $60, right? So they're, they're taking advantage of. So again, penetrating the high net worth uh, individuals, sometimes you have to do it indirectly and that's mm -hmm. through their, their referring sources. So I would recommend to the listeners, go to where the money is, right? So what I mean by that is if you're in a certain part of Houston, you might have to join the Woodlands Chamber of Commerce, you mm -hmm. know? I joined the Hinsdale Chamber of Commerce, which was 40 minutes from where I live. So you might want to join the Chamber of Commerce, get in good with the business owners that cater to them. Again, the best way to get referrals, Tracy, is give them or bring something of value. So yeah. bring something of value to those other business owners. And if you're authentic and you do what you say you're going to do and you're consistent, you have to show up consistently and then good things typically will happen to you. And then the other aspect is, you know, you might go to those nonprofit events. You might go to the country club or those restaurants and be value, be valuable, be likable. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to you know, buy that Maserati or that Lamborghini, but you want to be someone of value. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a misconception that you have to be rich, too, or you have to act a certain way to present yourself a certain way um, when really, yes, of course you have to look presentable. Of course you have to be able to speak well. However, really the authenticity of it is the most important part, the relatableness, the, the likability of it. And you're not going to get that if you're trying to pretend to be someone else. You're absolutely right. Authenticity is key. There's fake news. There's fake this. There's everybody on TikTok and Instagram mm -hmm. and everything else is, you know, they they have an amazing life. Right. But the reality is that's not true, right? That's what you see. The reality is with high net worth individuals, they go home and, and their dog pooped on the carpeting just like your mm -hmm. dog did and my dog did. They put their pants on one leg at a time. And sometimes we can overpsych ourselves out. I've been around billionaires and you wouldn't know it. They wear t-shirts or down to earth. Mm -hmm. I've been around people that maybe aren't millionaires and they're jerks and, and they, they think they are, you know? So yeah. again, be nice to people, but don't overthink it, but be yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about personal branding. How important do you think it is to, um, in luxury real estate? Like what tips can you offer um, in that regard as well? So people are going to Google you. They're going to look you up, right? And so I call it my social media scrub. You might Google somebody that you're thinking of hiring or look them up. They're doing the same thing. They're going to judge you. They're going to judge a book mm -hmm. by its cover, right? So they're going to look at your LinkedIn. LinkedIn's really important with high net worth individuals. Even if you don't think it is, get your LinkedIn profile optimized. Update your headshot. Guys are just as bad. As, mm -hmm. But ladies, sometimes I see the glamour shots in the 90s and guys I see with the full head of hair and then I see and, and you don't have hair. Update your headshot, update your contact information, your branding, your colors, your logos. Is it all consistent? They're going to look you up. They're going to maybe go to YouTube and see if mm -hmm. you have any educational videos. Is this person likable? Are they cheesy? Are they fake? You know, so be yourself. Build your brand online and offline. It's really important, Tracy. Yeah, definitely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. You're an entrepreneur, obviously. Um, and so... I've noticed that all entrepreneurs really have these aha moments, multiple ones throughout their career where they pivot or, um, you know, really change the way they're doing something. What was your most impactful aha moment? Uh, I I guess I had a couple aha moments. Number Mm -hmm. one, when I was in high school, I did some landscaping and part-time to make some money and and worked uh, some moving jobs just to make some money in college. And I realized I did not want hard labor job. That was number Mm -hmm. one for me. Okay. Then I was an educator. I worked for somebody. I had a supervisor that the kids didn't respect like they did me. She couldn't run a lap, let alone I was running marathons. They didn't practice what they preach. Right. And so I practiced what I preached and the kids respected me. So I had a lot of egos, a lot of politics and, you know, my supervisor, you know, so I did not want to be an employee. So that's, think about, sometimes we forget, why did we get in real estate? Mm -hmm. You wanted to be your own boss. The good news is you're your own boss. The bad news is you're your own boss, right? So nobody's going to give you anything, okay? You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And so the other big aha I had, I remember my first $10,000 check. I was a part-time real estate agent. I was a teacher. And I was like, holy cow, it's like a fifth of my paycheck. And I was just showing one guy one home. And so that was a big aha. But when it comes to luxury, my, my, my big aha is, is, listen, you want to diversify your portfolio. Most of the listeners, most agents, they focus with entry level or, or starter homes and mm-hmm. average price properties, which is fine. I challenge agents and broker owners and team leaders to diversify and add more high-end and luxury or ultra-luxury properties through their portfolio. And that will be your big aha. You know, most agents, you know, they don't want to sell more homes unless you don't sell any. But if if those listeners sell a decent amount of homes, most people don't want to be busier. If they are somewhat busy, they want to work smarter, not harder. And so we teach agents how to increase your average sale price in a commission-based industry, whether you sell Maseratis or or Chevy pickup trucks. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're selling a vehicle and you get paid the same percent, you want to want to sell the Lamborghinis and the Maseratis. Well, same idea. And so that was a big aha. Marketing to the affluent was a book I read, and I'm so thankful I did. Yeah. Um, now, do you know who wrote that book by any chance? Dan S. Kennedy. Uh, Dan S. Okay. Kennedy is a mentor of mine. He talks about direct response marketing. And mm-hmm. that was one of the aha moments for me is don't think like a real estate agent think like a marketer. You're not yeah. in the real estate business. You're in the business of marketing your real estate business. And, mm-hmm. and you know, my tagline locally is it's not the market, it's the marketing. And so I think like a marketer and that's really key. So when I'm looking at a home, I'm trying to figure out what can I do to position this home differently than the competitors? We're in a dating app industry. People are swiping left and right on the properties mm-hmm. we represent. Literally, I could have Barbara Cork and herself write the description on, a, on one of my properties. And it doesn't matter if the photo quality, number one, as mm-hmm. well as what I'm, I'm highlighting in the photos, isn't 
great. So I know what today's consumers are looking for. I downplay the least favorable. I highlight, I'm always looking to bring value to my clients as well as to my marketplace. We just had a home staged recently. The stager forgot to stage the lower level. She was gonna move stuff around. So I documented before and after. You can't have enough testimonials and reviews. You can't have enough case studies. A case study, Tracy, is documenting how you got a home sold mm-hmm. when maybe somebody else didn't. You know, those are an old adage in real estate. You want to be the firstborn, the second wife, and the third listing agent, okay? Because the third listing agent, the seller is sick and tired, and they finally say, fine, whatever you got to do, I'll lower the price. Fine, I'll stage, I'll paint. But you want to get it right the first time. So you got to be a good storyteller, not a BSer, but a good storyteller and back mm-hmm. it up with case studies. And so agents, that would be something I would highly recommend. You, you do get more testimonials and case studies and you think like a marketer and not like a real estate agent. That's great advice. Uh, my final question is just where do you see the most opportunity for growth in the luxury real estate sector right now? It's uh, the, the growth. You have one end of the spectrum. There's a lot of old time real estate agents out there. Debbie Dinosaur, Dinosaur Dan. I'm not just saying by age, but by the way they think. They don't have a mm-hmm. CRM. They don't have a database. They're not, they're not using video. Okay. And then you have these million dollar agent wannabes, these young people. They want to hit the, you know, they, they all are looking for this. That was easy. They're looking for the easy button, right? They're looking for the easy button. And there is no easy button. Okay. So I think there's a huge opportunity for growth for the other 80% of agents. Those agents that are selling, they're making a decent living. They have great character. They're hard workers. I believe there's an opportunity to break into luxury for those markets. And, and I, I, I should have covered this earlier. And let me cover it real quick. Luxury sure. is all relative. There's luxury in every market, Tracy. It's not just the Hamptons or Beverly Hills or New York or Miami. There's there's luxury in Davenport, Iowa. There's luxury in, in, in the heart of America to the West Coast, East Coast. Luxury, we define, we believe that there's five price points in most markets. That's what we mm-hmm. teach for our, in our luxury listing specialist designation and in our book. You have entry level in most markets. You have average, bucket number, five buckets. Bucket one mm-hmm. is entry level or starter. Bucket two is average price for point for your market. You can find the average price point, talk to your title company, your MLS, your real estate board. That's bucket number two. The third bucket is luxury. We define a luxury home in most markets as a home that is three times the average sale price for that given market. That's mm-hmm. bucket three. Bucket, excuse me, bucket three is high end. Excuse me, bucket three is high end. A high end home is two times the average mm-hmm. sale price in your given market. Average price point in your market is 700,000. High end would be 1.4 million. Bucket four is luxury. Luxury is three times the average sale price, so 700,000 times three or 2.1 million. And bucket five is in the major markets, and we call that an ultra luxury home. That is 10 times the average sale price, so 700,000 times 10 or 7 million and above. So five buckets. Again, I see an opportunity for 80% of agents that are specializing in entry level and average, maybe sell a high end here or there. You can sell luxury too. You got to surround yourself with the right people. You got to digest and and grow your knowledge. I believe if agents grow their knowledge, their confidence will grow. If they're more confident, Tracy, they'll go on that appointment that maybe they wouldn't have gone on previously. You know, I'm going to ask one more question because I think there's this misconception and maybe, maybe it's true. I don't know that you can't just start in real estate in luxury. 
you have to work your way through the different price bands before you can be a luxury agent. Do you find that to be true or is there a way you can make that work as a new agent? I would say historically that's been true. However, it doesn't have to be. Going back to my younger self, I, if I know what I knew now, I wouldn't wait eight to 10 <laughs> years. So no, yeah. it doesn't need to be true. Get yourself a great mentor. Get yourself a great real estate coach. Who you work with matters. Whose organization you work with matters. Which brokerage you're with matters. Again, that's you know why we've created courses for the California Association of Realtors called Breaking into Luxury, as well as others, is we mm-hmm. help break down those potential barriers. And one of my initiatives, we were just named uh, newsmaker for Riz Media. One of our initiatives is to increase diversity in luxury real estate. So as I speak across the country, we have five in-person designation events in 2024. Mm -hmm. We're going to be adding more. One of my goals is to work with the various affinity groups. So I'm a NAREB member. I'm Mm -hmm. a NAREB member. I'm an ARIA member. I'm a LGBTQ Alliance member. I've spoken at YPN events, even though I'm not a young professional, even though I think I'm young. Okay, so diversity and luxury real estate is an initiative of mine. But for the listeners, you should diversify as well. You should get involved. Join your local chapters. Mm-hmm. You'll meet a lot of people. These are referring uh, opportunities as well. And you'll grow your knowledge. And the more knowledgeable you are, the more confident you are, the more confident you'll step out of your comfort zone. That is absolutely wonderful advice. Um, thank you, Michael, so much for, for joining Real Trending and, and offering some really good tips and strategies for our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.